Hello, everybody. I am your host, Felipe Melicio, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. With me, as always, is Mr. Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this evening? Morning. I am doing awesome. Another little 65, 70-hour work week in the books. Sleeping a little bit this morning. Get up and talk some random fun baseball stuff with uh, my buddy Felipe. Hello, everybody. Everybody. Everybody got it. Oh, we were just talking about logic before the show started. Never mind. <laughs> well... We are here to discuss some, uh, as always, some little-known players who are making some headwind um, in the last uh, few weeks or so. But uh, last night, uh, we well, this this late this past week, we got news that Josh Hader is no longer going to be closing for the San Diego Padres. Good thing they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. They were on a break. They're just on a break. <laughs> and it's funny because right before this trade. Uh, Bob Melvin was put in the same situation with Taylor Rogers, where Taylor Rogers started struggling and they said, we're just going to give him a little break from the closer job. And now Mm -hmm. they trade for Josh Hader and now he's on a break from the closing job. So it can be stressful, man. It can be really stressful to be closing for a team that uh, continues to disappoint. Uh, and, and and just to piggyback off our discussion from last week, now everybody's mad at Fernando Tatis. Everybody hates him. Everybody hates Sean. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Fernando Tatis Jr. at this point. And then, uh, but yeah, now they're going to, like you said, they're going to give him a break, which this is a very crucial time for the Padres because uh, playoffs are just around the corner and they're going to go with a four-man closer by committee. With Luis Garcia, the other Luis Garcia, not the one you're thinking about. One, one of the seven Luis Garcias in baseball. Like, man, these these people, where, where's he from? Where, uh, it doesn't matter. Give me say, a middle initial. <laughs> give me a middle initial. Give me um, a third, the second. They're Latinos. They have a second and third last name. You might as well just add it in there. Well, I know well, I have one. Y- you know, Wilmer Flores has a brother uh, who's becoming like a bit of a renowned pitching prospect in the Tiger system. You know, okay. His name? Wilmer Flores. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Venezuela. <laughs> come on, you guys. I mean, gente Latina, come on, man. You got to gotta get that variety. And I know Luis is a popular name. Garcia is a popular name. But I know damn well they have like six different names in there, too. I know I, I do. I, You know, I'm named after my dad. But, I, you know, if I really want to differentiate between him and I, I can bust out the other last names that I have as well. Come on, people. Nick Martinez, there's a common name. But there are no other Nick Martinez's that I know of. Adrian Morejon. And Robert Suarez. So all, I, the Latinos are taking over the Padres closer by committee. But, uh, you know, I, I like Suarez personally, but all those guys are probably better options at this point. But what, what's going on with Josh Hader, man? What, is there anything that we should know about him that has led up to uh, his recent struggles? I, I don't know. It's weird. He's still getting strikeouts. But when they're making contact, I mean they're doing more damage. And this isn't just a a post-trade thing. This goes back to really the end of June, beginning of July. Uh, He had three straight appearances against pretty poor teams, two against Chicago, uh, the Cubs, and then one against Pittsburgh where he gave up runs in three consecutive outings. Like, that doesn't happen to Josh Hader. And then right before the All-Star break, he had that six-run meltdown in San Francisco. And then he, you know, kind of recovered. He Gave up one run against Colorado, whatever. It's Colorado in Colorado. Um, but then he gets traded. And now he's given up three earned runs in his last two of his last three appearances. What I What is going on? I, I don't know. Could this just be new team, new defense, new park, new whatever? 
wearing those crazy colorful uniforms, like distracting him. I, I don't know, because that's what he was wearing when he gave up the three runs the other day. Um, he's still getting his strikeouts. Uh, the walks have always been, you know, high, but negligible because of his strikeouts. But he's just getting hit hard. Um, and his first three run outing that he gave up as a Padre was against the Giants again. He only gave up one hit, but he had three walks. So you, you walk three guys and you give them an extra base hit. Boom, like you're you're done. And uh, he gave up a home run to Alex Call of the Washington Nationals uh, as he blew the save. And actually, he blew the save and then he let them cushion the lead on that Alex Call home run uh, the other night uh, against Washington. Um, yeah, Josh Hader's had these moments in seasons, even last year where he gave up a good amount of home runs. Like he he would go on a roll of, you know, he couldn't keep the ball in the park, but it's never reached this level or this yep. proportion. So what do you think? Uh, it's just, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. You're the pitching guy. So it's, it's weird. I thought maybe there's some, uh, some stat cast number you can, where you were going to bring up. And it turns out that the, the, the fastball velocity is down or the breaking pitches aren't breaking like they used to, or, or something minute like that. And it could be just mental. I mean, it, his it, fastball velo is actually up this year. <laughs> his average sinker of uh, velocity. I was going to say value. That didn't make sense. 97.3 last year was 96.4. He's throwing the ball harder. Uh, the slider. He's getting nearly the identical amount of whiffs. Um, they're hitting the sinker better. They've never really been able to hit the slider, but but, um, but is the is the fastball sinker uh, moving at the same vertical and horizontal breaking point in the plane or some whatever crap that is? Is it is it still moving at that? Is there still is there still movement that is uh, baffling hitters at this point? I, it can't be. Yeah, I mean it's basically the same. His sinker is the same in vertical movement and horizontal movement as it was last year. Nobody knows. So it, this is you might listen. Eh. Mark it down as something that's intangible. It's mental. He uh, a swirl in trade rumors, and you think finally he gets traded. New scenery, a place that really wants him to succeed, a place that wants him, and you think he would flourish. Now it could be just the point, like okay, well, I'm doing all these things. I'm I'm I'm, I'm one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball. Where's my long term contract? Maybe how long do I have before it, it, it gets? Uh, you know, before I, I lose ligaments on my elbow and that's it for me, it has to be mental. I mean, I, I'm just trying to figure out why things happen this way. And the fact that there's no tangible measurement to reason with it is just, it's kind of baffling. It's really perplexing to me. And the fact that you're perplexed really makes me scared now. He so. has uh, an a career. It appears to be a career low. Okay. So it's not, it's like bottom three of end zone swing and miss percentage in the month of August. So uh, there's that. <laughs> oh man. Well, chat's up and running already. Uh, actually, actually it is a career low. I had it by games. This is by months. Um, okay. Yeah. This is um, not good. Aaron says the hater news is crazy. It seems like the Brewers knew something. Hey, I mean, you, when you talk about teams like that, I mean, we talk about the Brewers being one of those pitching factories in Major League Baseball, yeah. one that you can actually depend on. And uh, it, it is uh, it is a very smart organization. They're just cheap. So, yeah, maybe. And the, 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 listen, they wanted to trade them for a long time now, and they finally did this year. So it, it just kind of coincides. But maybe they know something we don't know. Uh, I mean, they, they didn't get the prospects that um, that we thought. I, I honestly didn't think that trade was any any – 
any good for the Brewers. I thought and, it was. I mean, it was okay, but not for the, the best relief pitcher in the last three, four years. And they already got rid of one guy. But I don't know, anyway, that's a long, that's a different episode from like three weeks ago. But still, yeah. <laughs> but th- there must be a reason why why the the, the payoff uh, for the Brewers wasn't as big in terms of the trade. So maybe they did know something. Maybe, you know, let's just get whatever we can for this guy, and just you know start losing the division already. So yeah, just, I think it's a little bit of half and half. I think it was like some they they saw something. But also, you know, he has another year of control, not like another two years. And I think they definitely went for more of like quantity rather than just like one big prospect, which seems very Milwaukee to get multiple guys and you have a higher chance when they traded Carlos Gomez. They really didn't get back an elite player. Um, I mean, well, they got back. They got back Josh Hader, but he wasn't elite then. Yeah, but that's Carlos Gomez. Come on, Carlos. But Gomez they got did... Domingo Santana. Uh, and he's nowhere to be found now. I, that's yeah. a, that was that was a great trade. But, but it was it was like five guys. It was five guys instead of like one great elite prospect. Yeah, it's basically uh, what's his face, uh, David Stearns getting all the guys he knew from Houston. So yeah, basically, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you stick with what you know, but still. But anyway, so yeah, maybe there's something going on. There's other things that the people are speaking about. The big story is the Mets, the Mets cork bat scandal. According to this guy oh, named Kevin, what's up with the what, what's up with the, that man? It, it is spoof Twitter account posted it on there after the Brave series from a guy purporting to be a Braves uh, like area beat writer. No check mark, and yeah, corked bats. Even though the Mets are like middle of the packs, lowish of the pack in home runs, uh, we're corking the shit out of her bats apparently. Um, Chris also mentions he Hater was on a decline prior to the trade. They were smart to move him, so yes, yeah, something that we uh, had alluded to as well. Chris also mentions that well, now that Anthony Volpe is with the Yankees, he's going to save the season. Actually, is he with the Yankees or is he uh, speculating that he should be with the Yankees? He's Anthony not with Volpe. the ma- he's not with the major league Yankees. Okay, so eventually he will save the Yankee season. Okay, trust your rookies to save your baseball season, guys. And of course, once again, Chris, the biggest story in baseball should be that Pujols is going to get to 700. I really hope he gets it. So, it, uh, yeah, that seems to be. Uh, we're at that point of the season where we're um, milestone watching, right? So Pujols getting 700, and now he had two last night. I, I fell asleep early, um, but I. Thought I saw an alert on my phone that said he hit two last night. Yeah, he hit. Uh, I believe he did hit two. Uh, so he's about. I think he's about eight home runs away from seven hundred, which is is just crazy to fathom. I, crazy, crazy to just think about where this guy started, um, and where he's finishing up. Like he was great right off the bat. Like he, his rookie season, he looked like a seven year veteran. Like he was already at his peak. When he got called up by the I mean, Cardinals, did you did you see him running? Did you see him running those bases this year? He he, 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 around. he just looked like an athlete. I mean, he looked like he was fresh out of the double A camp. Like he was ready to go. He was so fast, man. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Him and Yadier Molina are gonna go in a foot race against a snail and a tortoise. And the, and the tortoise will win. And the tortoise will win because you know you slow and steady wins the race. And well, he's got experience, so I mean. <laughs> but it's just it's just unfathomable to me. I, I, yeah, he was great right off the bat, but I never would have imagined that he was going to get to these monumental uh, milestones, like pantheonic milestones of seven hundred home runs, and what I think he's top ten in hits already. 
Is that what it is as well? Oh, uh, some he might be close. I mean, he's surpassing legendary players at this point, which I guess that makes him a legendary a legendary player himself. So, uh, good for him, outstanding career, and uh, he's uh, slowly going uh, towards the sunset. And well, hey, we'll see what happens in October. Maybe he's 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 uh, he's saving his absolute oh, yeah. best for last. Which is so so he is about. he is now tenth in hits. Oh my god, uh, that's insane! He, he passed Paul Molitor this year. Uh, mm. Next on the list is Yastrzemski, who is whatever. Mike. Yeah, I uh, know Carl. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Mike Yastrzemski has three thousand four hundred and nineteen hits. I don't know, man. People were going gaga over him back in twenty twenty. Remember MVP candidate Mike Yastrzemski? So hey. I figured, hey, he must be doing something already. Fun times, fun times, fun times. Yeah, wear your masks. Anyway, well, we talked about Josh Hader. Let's talk about some other players that uh, have not lived up to speed or are they, they're getting uh, some movement. They're getting some attention in the last few weeks or so. I have stats on the other screen there, Sean, from uh, July 10th. So when I cite statistics, they are from as of July 10th, just to get some, uh, see if I can find some recent trends around here. But uh, Herman Marquez is another player that's, uh, you know, he was supposed to actually be a big piece in this past trade deadline, but he has just not pitched up to speed as well. And you can't even say it's an age thing because that's what people were telling me last time. He's 27 years old. Josh Hader's only 28. I mean, I know that younger is better and it's a younger league now, but still 28 is still right there and somewhat of a peak. Herman Marquez, 27 years old. This should be his absolute peak. And uh, he's actually uh, declined. Strikeouts are down, it seems like. Uh, It's just not the same guy. Rock, either when he's pitching at cores or away from cores, it's just not the same guy. What do you have for me for Herman Marquez? I thought somebody would try and trade for him at the deadline. I guess they didn't because he he was like so sought after last year. It was basically a given that the Rockies were going to trade him, and they did not. So here we are with Herman Marquez having an absolutely horrid year. Um, ERA over five, expected ERA of 4.7. He's uh, almost one of those throwing too many strikes, which you can't really do in Colorado. Like you, you have to throw strikes because you can't just give give away free base runners. But um, he's living way too much middle of the zone with all of his pitches. Um, but we know that the potential is still there. Um, but not really a guy who, while available in a lot of leagues right now, not really somebody that I'd be looking after this year. Wow. How the mighty have fallen because he was supposed he was always a guy that uh uh great value right because he gets slept on because he plays in colorado uh and all he does is produce but uh, wow that's that's a heck of a downfall uh, i mean the years where he had you know like a 370 era and people are like oh that's a 370 era it's like whoa 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 he's doing this in cores in the prime of the juice ball era like yeah. it was so impressive what he was doing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But uh, you know, nothing lasts forever. And I guess uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, crazy things happen. Maybe next year he'll bounce back. But it, I, I just don't see anything that would suggest that. But we've seen players. We've seen players yeah. bounce back before. Remember, we just talked about it uh, right before we uh, started uh, to record this session. We talked about Paul Goldschmidt and how you were able to get uh, to get him in your league. Uh, just by trading some pieces, some random pieces, nothing too important is what I got, is what I understood from you. And now look at him. Paul Goldschmidt looks like a, like an MVP candidate. And speaking yep. of MVP candidates, uh, Chris, once again, is asking Aaron Judge, 
uh, for the AL MVP. Is he still in the lead? And by Fangraph's war metric, he is. But in terms of the narrative that writers like to go off on, is he still the leading candidate for uh, uh, for AL MVP there, uh, Sean? I mean, I'm still of the belief that if Otani has like a full season and he does well on both sides of the ball, that there really isn't anybody else. Um, and especially, and I was starting to doubt myself with that a little bit with how Judge was performing. But now with Judge sliding a little bit as the Yanks slide a whole lot of it, um, I think that leaves it open for Shohei Otani, who's sitting at around three war now offensively and 3.7 uh, war pitching. So he's approaching seven, eight win season. Uh, that would, I'm pretty sure, be the highest in baseball right now. And Aaron Judge is a seven and a half still uh, just yeah. on offense alone. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. But now we, we, we had this argument before. And Vin, Vince, you guys know about Vince. He 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 warned us about this. Like once you give Otani credit for doing two things at once, which is rare, it's it's a unicorn kind of thing. Right. But once you set that precedence, now Vince is like, well, then that means every fucking Sorry, every damn season he's going to get the MVP now because of that fact, because he's uh, doing something that has been rarely done in baseball, leaving no chance to anybody else. And then we we talked about Otani's shortcomings, like the fact that he has to pitch every six games, which is still impressive. But I mean, how how are the Angels doing? Okay, exactly. You know, despite the the hitting progress and the pitching progress, you see, to me, MVP M- MVP should never be about what your team's doing. No, I'm, I'm just mean, yeah. does it? But yeah. has it related? Has it? Okay, well, it's twofold, right? Because I agree with you. I mean, number numerically wise, Aaron Judge is still hitting the crap out of the ball, and no one's even come close to him. Uh, but number one, yeah, it should be best player in the league. Number two, uh, the narrative, but we're not voting. The writers vote on this. The writers, mm-hmm. they write stories. They write storylines for people like us to get interested in. And it always comes back to, to that. Did this team help? Did this player help the team win games? Yes. Aaron Judge technically is Shohei Otani. I mean, we yeah, I, I in the games, especially like when he's starting. Okay, but like, overall, it, I mean, when he's, I mean, he hits every day. How how are the Angels doing? I think they're still like ten plus games below five hundred still, right? I mean, the Yankees will be there in like a month, right? Well, not ten games, below. <laughs> not ten games below. But either way, I mean, Aaron Judge without the, the Yankee Yankees without Aaron Judge look even worse than. Otani, I mean, Angels without Otani, Angels without Otani are still going to suck ass. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, but that's not the. Oh. No, I'm just telling you what normally happens. I know, Sean. I know. I know this, but <laughs> we we got to think like sports writers, right? Sports writers, they got to write. Yeah, the sports. idiots, the idiots. The ones who gave Eddie Palmero a gold glove. Eddie Palmero? Oh, Raphael Palmer. I was thinking Eddie Murray. Eddie Eddie Murray, too. Why not? But but it really comes down to Raphael Palmer. I'm sorry. And we can can say what we want about the Yankees. They're still 73 and 48. And a lot of it has to do with Aaron Judge just being that rock on offense. Meanwhile, the Angels are 52 and 68. Yeah, again, once again, way, way, way below 500. And despite the fact that he's crushing the ball over there in Los Angeles, Anaheim, Southern California, Orange County. They have a negative run differential of 45, negative 45. Have and you seen their bullpen? It doesn't matter, Sean. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, I know it's a, it, that goes back to team dynamics, but it's not like it just goes to prove that 
this is a, a team sport an individual an individual alone cannot turn things around even with mike trout on the team they weren't doing much of anything i know it's the bullpen okay. i know it's okay. the starting pitching okay so so this is um our, our good friend krista marie from the group saying that every six day is messing up the rotation for all the other pitchers and I really have to disagree there because LA went into the season knowing and telling these guys it'd be a six oh. man rotation because it wasn't just for Otani. It was for the acquisitions of Syndergaard mm-hmm. and uh, Patrick Sandoval and yep. Reed Detmers, two young guys. They had to build in built in innings limits. That's yeah. why they did six man. And they weren't the only team that did that. So I want to say it was messing up other pitchers. Yeah. That's normally that's silly. Normally, I would agree with that sentiment. I mean, they've been doing it for like the last two or three seasons. But yeah, yeah. this year, this is a special case. You need those six guys. And they did. They did have yeah. six guys. And they that, said it from the beginning. It wasn't something like, oh, like, oh, we got we got to do six men now. Like, like no, like, they, they, they've known. And like I said, we actually liked some of those guys in Anaheim. We did. We, you know what? Six man rotation, fine. But you're right. They're not the only one. The Astros are doing it. They're winning games. The, the Mariners, Brewers, the Mariners, the Padres were all doing it at some point this year. The, the Brewers have been uh, yep. counting on that, well, of course, because the, since the Astros are doing it, the Brewers are definitely going to do it now, just because of the connections yeah. there to Houston and so not and whatnot. But uh, who's the other teams that are doing it? Uh, I know there's more. There was the Padres for a little bit. I'm not sure if they are still doing it. Hell, and the then Dodgers. The, the, the yeah, the Dodgers <laughs> have come and gone from doing it. The yeah. the Mariners. Yeah, um, yeah there, there are several teams. Yeah, because uh, the two-star pitchers are, are not what they used to be in, in fantasy baseball because a lot of these teams are, are affecting the way the schedules are set up because of these six-man rotations. So before, I would have been like, yeah, you, you got you to gotta accommodate this guy to pitch every six games so his arm doesn't blow up. But this year, no, it's a little bit different this year. This year, you have to yeah. do it. I understand why you do it. He's still effective, probably because of the extra rest. And let's face it, I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to be the new trend from now on. Starting this year, we're going to have more teams go to six man rotations, mm-hmm. which is going to suck for fantasy, but probably be better for real life baseball. Yeah. So I don't know. Aaron Judge still leads the league and weighted on base average. Uh, what what other set you want to look at? Slugging percentage. Aaron Judge by miles leading the league in slugging percentage, and Jordan Alvarez is second, a distant second in both of those categories. Oh, but he plays in Yankee Stadium. Okay, WRC plus, which accounts for ballpark factors. Still- He's second behind Paul Goldschmidt. Ah. Oh, I was just looking at American League, but okay. oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, was saying, I, I just love saying that because the two WRC plus leaders in all of baseball reside on my team in fantasy, and not just a little little 12, 15 puny team league in a 30 team league. I have both of these guys, and they're both having absolute career seasons. Uh, it's who? so much Goldsmith and uh, Judge, yeah, yeah. You got both those guys on your team. I, I've had Aaron, Aaron Judge was my first round pick back uh, before the 2019 season in which he only played half of it. And I was like, oh, God, I've I've messed up. So but but getting back to WRC plus. Uh, yeah. Aaron Judge has a nice lead over Jordan Alvarez. So it's basically Judge and Alvarez one and two. But Judge is just running laps at this point on Mr. Alvarez, who's also having a fantastic season. Um, did you see that someone could accuse Alvarez of being a Friday night partier? Oh yeah, I, was that Vince with the the bad Saturday day numbers? I was like, that's funny. Oh, yeah, it was Vince. Yeah, I think it was Vince. And then uh, on Friday night, he actually had to leave the game because of illness. Like, damn, I, he started his partying early this week or something <laughs> on Thursdays now. And uh, I think he's still out. He actually had to be hospitalized. So yeah, it was a, a shortness of breath thing. They said oh. it wasn't COVID, but um, he was released. He was back with the team. He just wasn't. They were going to give him an, an extra day to rest. I was That's very cool. worried because in uh, that relegation league that I'm in with a lot of the main like baseball writers and analysts and stuff like that, fantasy baseball writers, um, 
I've been like top three of all five leagues and I've been leading my double a um, league and I lost trout and Julio Rodriguez at like the same time. And I just got them back this week. Granted, they're not going to be in my lineup till next week. Cause it was late in the week. And uh, then Jordan Alvarez goes down and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I get those two guys back and Jordan goes down, but hopefully it looks like a minor situation for Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it's just, yeah, he seems to be getting a, uh nicked and knacked every once in a while hopefully this is nothing maybe it's a maybe it's heartburn maybe that's what the <laughs> point is maybe it's just that uh all right let's move on back to our main list uh i have two relief pitchers i want to talk about uh alexis diaz and jason adam uh i had to make some tough decisions this past week trying to look for a relief pitcher actually the last couple of weeks because alexis is diaz's alexis diaz's name shows up a lot alexi but so does jason adam so a gun to your head mr flannery who do you pick between the two diaz or adam i'm going with diaz 100 yeah, percent. I, I, I have been with diaz since the beginning of uh, beginning of the year he had sprp eligibility on my 30 team and the, the back end of that Reds bullpen at the beginning of the year was so like just silly because everyone's like, oh, Tony Santian's going to close. Then it was Art Warren. And then it was uh, the other guy with the messed up arm and the other guy with the messed up arm. And Alexis Diaz just gets called up and uh, was posting some silly, absolutely silly um, metrics that you could see on Savant. Um, and he has continued that this year. The only real issue with uh, Alexi Diaz is the walk rate. But I mean, he has the most extension of like any pitcher in baseball and he's only six foot two, but, mm. um, and then when the Mets played the reds, they interviewed both Alexi and, uh, Edwin and they said, who has the better slider? And they both Edwin pointed at Alexi and Alexi pointed at himself. So <laughs> with, you, you know how Edwin Diaz slider has been just so good this year for them to both think that Alexi's is better. It's a pretty impressive wow. and it's a high mark of praise. Excuse me. Well, I like I said, I had a tough decision to make, right, in one of the leagues, and I decided not to go with anybody, but I was leaning towards Jason Adam. I actually do have Jason Adam in a couple of my leagues, and I went with Jason Adam in those leagues. Uh, Jason Adam, since July 10th, uh, 35.8% strikeout rate. Uh, walk rate is very minuscule at this point. I think it might be the lowest on this list of relief pitchers. Yes, it is. It's the lowest. Uh, a minuscule uh, walks plus hits per innings pitch, the whip, as people would like to call it. Minuscule ER. It's just ridiculous. And, and again, oh, I mean, he, he's been great, no doubt. It's just Alexi's fun. <laughs> no, I, yeah, well, I'm just giving some love to Jason. Adam. I, I love both of these guys, but you have to, I have to choose one. And I went with Adam because he's a little bit more of a, um, I think he's a little bit more stable at this point of his career. He's 30 years old compared to Diaz, who's 25. So maybe if you're in a keeper fantasy or dynasty league, one of those leagues, Alexis Diaz would be the guy to go with. But if, you know, if you need something more steady, I think a little bit more steadier. Jason Adams is the way to go. And I'm not even looking, and he's getting all the saves now. I wasn't even looking for him to get saved. I just need him to get strikeouts and, and, and control my ERAs and whips. And now he's getting saves yeah, was, and he's I'm, getting holds. I was saying that was the thing is that uh Ray's bullpen. Like I have shares of Poche at the back end of the bullpen. So I, whenever I see Jason Adams get a save, I get a little upset, but <laughs> um, but it's just so crazy. You go and you look at Jason Adams numbers, like the last going back to 2018, when he made his debut um, ERA over six, he had a year in Toronto where he was okay. Over 20 innings, 2.9 ERA mid threes ERA in Chicago ERA over five and a half in Chicago comes to Tampa Bay. And he's just like one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. And, and it's like, with the, uh, cue the the Breaking Bad Jesse meme. They can't keep getting away with it. 
Because that's all Tampa seems to do is, oh, random guy. I, I actually thought they were going to do the same thing with um, Yakabonas after he got DFA'd from the Marlins, but that didn't work out. So that made, that was, oh, well, Jason Adams coming out of nowhere to be one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. Uh, Tampa's going to Tampa. Yeah, Tampa is just loaded. I mean, I'm looking at their uh, bullpen right now. Jason Adams at the top of the list, but there's a closer by committee situation going on. And you still got Peter Fairbanks, who got the save last night. Uh, yeah. Saturday, uh, Brooks Raley, who's damn good as well, coming out uh, as a lefty. Uh, Colin, you mentioned Colin Porsche. You still got Ryan Thompson, Jalen Beek, Sean. Hunt. This is ridiculous, man. This is absolutely ridiculous what they do over there, and this is why. I mean, I'm, uh, Chris is out there arguing about the six man rotation, like that's going to ruin baseball or whatever. I'm just kind of skimming <laughs> through his comment really quick. But this is another reason why you go with the six uh, the six man rotation. It gives your other starters uh, more rest. And then some of these bullpens, especially on the winning teams, their bullpens are so dynamic and so damn good. It doesn't, it doesn't even freaking matter. Yeah. Just get four or five innings, and then your bullpen just dominates the rest of the game. Like and it's funny because some of the, like these Rays starters were in the bullpen at times, and they were just the, the long guys out of the pen. The Ryan Yarbaros, the Jeffrey Sp- uh, Springs, those guys have been in the bullpen before. Yeah, and it's crazy. Uh, it's just... And then they bump them up to the rotation, call up somebody, and it's like, oh, okay, they're going to do that thing again. Oh, that's an interesting conversation going on in the chat. I wish we had the – I mean, I'm trying to just kind of the nitpick at it one at a time. But, yeah, the, this thing about the, the, the five-man, six-man rotation. And I, I would have agreed with Chris. Like, no, we, we got to go with the five-man rotation. That's what pitchers are used to. But it seems like it's the winning teams who are doing this. And it looks like the starting pitchers are getting used to it. Now, albeit there's some guys that you got to throw out every five games, no matter what. Max Scherzer is one example. I'm pretty sure he would hate, hate to wait another day for that six man rotation to complete its turn to, yeah. to, so it can go back to him. But you know who has um, benefited from the six man rotation, Sean? Justin Verlander, Cy Young yeah. Award candidate right now, and probably the runaway winner at this point, according to the numbers. So it just. It's just kind of a, it's an, an an evolution thing, an adaptation thing. This might be the new thing now for these uh, for for these uh, teams and the rotations. Uh, is there somebody you want to go to next? I'll... Um, I I feel like two names that we should highlight here, not necessarily just for this year. Uh, granted, if you play in a holds league or just a deeper relief pitcher roster, um, for scoring purposes, Andres Munoz and James Karinchak. Uh, James yeah. Karachak, we haven't talked about in so long because he wasn't pitching. He was on the injured list. And then they put him on his rehab assignment. And they really just kept him in AAA for that entire rehab assignment. Even, I think, at the end of it, optioned him down there to stay. Um, but James Karachak, who was a sticky stuff merchant, no doubt about it. Um, and there's been, you know, rumors and stuff that, you know, spin rates are going up back around baseball. The umpires just kind of doing a quick check of the, the fingers and the hands. Um, I, I think pitchers may have found a less, abr- no, not abrasive, a less obvious substance. I, I, I think there's a less obvious substance that they're all using. And then I think that there's an understood agreement that as long as it's not going to be like, I'm going to touch your hand. And if my hand sticks to your hand, we're going to have problems. I think it's one of those that might be a little tacky or anything. And umpires are just going to look the other way. But um, James Karinchak's back. He's throwing his four seamer less, which he, he used to get great. 
you know, spins on his fastball up in the zone, even though it wasn't that hard. But he always had the great curveball. Curveball is the primary pitch now. And now he's pitching guys backward, and it's really fun to watch. And, of course, um, he's just an absolute insane man on the mound. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, had a, he had a big outing the other day, and um, he just came off the mound. And he, He's always a screamer. But he was screaming, and then uh, Tristan McKenzie even got in on it after his 14 <laughs> strikeout game uh, this week. Tristan McKenzie got 14 strikeouts after his last one in the game. He just came off the mound, glove was in his face, and you could still hear him through the glove. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I'm sorry, was was that about uh, Karen Jack or was that about Munoz? Oh, uh, that was Karen Jack. Okay, now I, I know you like Munoz, and I like I Munoz. Love, I so love I was going to let you take the floor with Munoz. Love Munoz, uh, but unfortunately, what was San Diego thinking trading for him? Trade, had, trade, trading him. Well, I think he had injury. An injury yeah, he pass. he he was coming off yeah. Tommy John. He was coming off Tommy John. Yeah, so they probably and, and what was this trade for? Was this for Adam Frazier? Austin oh. Nola. Austin Nola. Oh, he got they got the starting catcher. All right, they got their starting catcher. Not a good one. Oh, he's a starting catcher. Like that doesn't mean a player. Hey, he's one of those guys. That's the, that, he's one of those guys. One of those catchers that actually plays like a majority of his games. Like he's not. There's no real timeshare over there. So that's something, right? And um, but no. And then Austin Ola could also play the field. I forgot what position. I think it was yeah, second it base. Been, oh, was it second base? Uh, yeah, I think so. That sounds about yeah. right. Position versatility is important, right? But Andres Munoz, we've always liked them. Uh, he did get injured. Highly touted prospect. The Padres, man, their prospect history of their farm system is just full of guys who are just flamethrowers, right? And Munoz is one of them. And he's finally healthy. He finally got back. He's with the Mariners. They're, when people ask, are the Mariners even good? Why are the Mariners <laughs> Have you seen their bullpen? People, have you seen how awesome their bullpen is? They're basically Tampa Bay West. Is what who, they are. Who San Diego? Oh, uh, the Mariners. The Mariners. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I was about to be like, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 the Padres. I mean, I love the Padres. So uh, I always love the Padres bullpen too. But it, it looks like they're getting weaker and weaker every year. Ironically enough, despite all the acquisitions they make. But the Seattle Mariners, man, they're loaded over there. Yep. Uh, and let's 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 go by the names really quick. They got Paul Seawolf, who is now the the main closer after they too went with a closer by committee for the, like the last two seasons, including this year, where they decide, well, the Seawolf guy's so good, let's just put him in the ninth inning, and everybody role is defined. Andres Munoz is the, the setup guy uh, in the eighth inning. Eric Swanson, they just talked about him in one of the podcasts I listened to. I think it's the Rates and Barrels where they talked about Eric Swanson being a failed starting pitcher. And now look at him. Flourishing. Flourishing, Sean. <laughs> Out of the bullpen for the Mariners, the high-flying Seattle Mariners. Uh, it's a fun team to watch. Go watch him. Diego, Diego Castillo has always been one of my favorites. Well, speaking of Tampa Bay West, he came from the Rays. Yeah, he came from the Rays. And then you still got Matt Brash, who just called up, and it looks like he's getting comfortable in that bullpen role as yeah. well. And uh, when and we were wrong; they're actually going in a five-man rotation. But Chris Flexen is a long relief pitcher out of the bullpen in case they need someone like that. So, but Munoz, though, I mean Munoz is the number one guy on this list. Minuscule field independent pitching, forty percent plus strikeout rate, yep. minuscule walk rate, uh, a sixty, a forty-two point two percent outside the strike zone contact rate. That means that any pitch that he throws outside the strike zone. Hitters can't, can't keep up with. They can't make contact with it. Nope. And and I don't even know what his swing and misses are outside the strike zone are. You probably know more than I do. But he's inducing lots of swings. He's in making little, very little contact. They can't keep up with him. No. Throwing an average velocity since July 10th of 100 miles an hour on average, Sean. Not not. Oh, not, for the for the season, his four seamers 100.1 average. And he's only getting better. He's only getting. I mean, yeah. And. 
it's just a shame that he doesn't get the recognition because he plays from on the West Coast for a, a team that nobody likes, apparently, because everybody's like, why are the Mariners supposed to be so good? Are they even good? Why are people talking about them being a contender? They are. I mean, it, they're still a million games away from the Houston Astros, but that's a team you don't want to face in the playoffs. I'm telling no, you guys. Not, not with their pitching. And like you said, I, I think it was a very Padre, short-sighted Padres deal uh, to trade Andres Munoz to get that catcher. Um, and I, they had a lot of those pieces back there in the bullpen that they've moved in uh, other deals. And I'm just like, imagine if you didn't make those trades and you just you didn't have to trade for Josh Hader. You didn't have to trade for Taylor Rogers. You would have had Andres Munoz closing games for you right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen some of those trades. Some of those trades are they they were just whatever. They, they, a lot of prospects from the Padres were giving up, but they didn't lose out much on anything. And they're trying to compete, man. And those prospects didn't pan out. But this one, yeah, this one's gonna. This one has egg all over their face right now. Uh, Munoz was acquired by the Mariners along with infielder Ty France and catcher Luis Torrens, and outfielder Taylor Trammell, who it can't stay on the big league team at this point. Taylor Trammell. I think he's he's actually been healthy the last like month or so. He can't I mean, stay on the team. He got option back. Oh, uh, he, oh he's, he's already back in AAA. He's back in AAA. He, he, he had a he had a nice little he had a nice little stretch when he finally got off the IL. And the Padres got relievers Austin Adams and Dan Altavilla and catcher Austin Nola on August thirty first, twenty twenty. It well, it was a pandemic, Sean. It was a different time back then. But yeah, Munoz was just recovering at the time. Was recovering from the uh, Tommy John surgery on his elbow, and now he looks better than ever. Uh, and you know what? The best part about Andres Munoz, Sean, the why the reason I like him. You know why I like him so much. Why do you like him? Because he's from Mexico. Oh, is he really? Uh, yeah, the Padres signed him as an international free agent out of Mexico on July 7th, 2015. Well, is it out of Mexico by way of Cuba or by way of another uh, Caribbean oh, team? Or is he really Mexican? I have no clue. I'm going to claim him. I'm going to claim him. <laughs> We're <Okay>. claiming him. <laughs> I- I'm claiming him as Mexican. I want to see him in the WBC dominating these American hitters, all right? Have you seen those American, uh, uh, the roster so far? Yeah, I- I've been keeping up with the roster and then for oh, all of the teams. Where's all the new guys? Where's all the young guys? They no, he, he, of... he, he was born in Los Mojis, uh, Mexico. Ah, Los Mojis, okay. But I'm, I'm asking, where, where are the, where's the young guys for the WBC USA roster, man? It's a bunch of 30-year-olds. What's up with them, man? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of those guys are, are, are injured right now. Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, I believe. <laughs> well, I think I think that we have the outfield. As, I'll, I'll be shocked <laughs> if Mike Trout plays, honestly. Me- and members uh, of the outfield. All I want to do I is use your love tonight, all right? Has Bryce Harper said he's going to play? I thought I saw that he was already oh, on the team. Oh, I, I thought. I don't know. I just I, know that we didn't have anybody at shortstop or third base yet, I don't think. No, they're working on They're going to work on Francisco Lindor next. No, no he'll I'm play joking. He'll play for two Puerto Rican. I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> joking. I'm just wanted to. Right now, the Puerto Rican uh, brethren. On yeah, the they're, they're, they're going to go crazy. <laughs> their minds are blown right now. Uh, who else do you want to talk about? We have a list of 56 players. We're trying to get to as many players as possible today. Who do you want to deal with now? Um, for We're going to hitters. Whatever you want, man. It's okay, yeah. how much is on it. You, you pick the first uh, the, the first hitter. You want me to pick it? All right. Let's yeah, see. You, you pick one hitter, and then I'll pick one after. All right. There was a guy I wanted to talk. Uh, how about Hassan Kim? Hassan Kim for the San Diego Padres. Let's stay with San Diego. You know, okay. As you can tell, I'm a big Padres mark, right? Uh-huh. But uh, he's an interesting one because he came from Korea as a, a little bit of a power-speed combination player. Uh, he has not lived up to uh, – expectations so far but he's been getting a lot of playing time because yep. of all the injuries and most importantly now there's nobody 
nobody in the horizon for the it's his it's his to supplant him because it all goes back to the guy we've been talking about since last week fernando, fernando tatis <laughs> got ringworm and you see his dad making comments too you know we oh, mentioned God. his dad last week too it's we like met- he, he did steroids like he did steroids like you that's like having a murderer tell the judge this man did not kill anybody like what well, come on <laughs> oj tatis over there um uh t- yeah so uh so yeah, it, it's so funny that it, we mentioned his dad and that his dad making headwind. He's making headlines and stuff. And uh, well, it's Hassan Kim's. Uh, it's Hassan Kim's benefit. I mean, he's been doing, being very productive. But I ask you, Mister Flannery, is he going to be productive enough where we can trust him for the rest of the year, and maybe even for early next season as well? I think defensively that will keep him on the position. Uh, he's been one of the better defenders at shortstop. Um, I'm trying to pull this up on the good old fan graphs, but he has been um, 93rd percentile and uh, outs above average defensively. Uh, that puts him at plus six at shortstop. But like you said, he did come over as the power speed guy. Uh, he had hit, I believe, like 30 home runs in his last year um, in Korea. And I, I'm always doubtful when they're like, oh, this guy hit 30 home runs. I'm like, eh. and they're like, oh, that's like a given for 20 here. And I'm like, eh. and uh, Kim has made me feel uh, somewhat right. He does not hit the ball very hard. Right. He does not hit it in the air all that often. Mm-hmm. Um, he's hit more line drives this year. Good for him. But yeah, I, I don't think he's ever going to be a 30 home run guy. And I think that's pretty oh God, obvious that's, by now. I, I was um, hoping for maybe 15, 17 home runs, maybe uh, teasing 20. Uh, that's what I was hoping for. And maybe couple that with maybe 10, 15 stolen bases a year. Um, I guess the stolen bases are there, but I was not. Ex- who's, who told you 30 home runs from Hassan Kim? Well, no, that, I mean, there was like a lot of because he had hit really? the 30. He had every okay. It was more like 25, 25 because he had hit 30 and I think had like 20 something stolen bases over there. Mm-hmm. And they're, they were saying bat speed this, bat speed that. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, hmm. But no, it's actually kind of interesting because um, Hassan Kim's uh, 2022 is actually one of the better like Padre shortstop seasons of the last like 20 years. Um, you have Jake Cronenworth in 2021, who I guess somehow qualified for shortstop, even though yeah. Fernando Tatis did as well. But, um, well, Tatis got moved to right field. Uh, enough oh, yeah, so, yeah, and then like in the outfield. He qualified yeah. in the outfield this year for sure. So go ahead. Um, but yeah, so you had the 2021 Fernando Tatis and Cronenworth 2020 Fernando Tatis and then 2004 and 2007 Khalil Green. And then after that, Hassan Kim among the best Padre shortstop seasons of like the last 20 years. Um, but that's mainly being carried by Hassan Kim's uh, defense, which has been very good. And if you're going to, you know, stick at a position um, defensively, uh, shortstop's going to be the place where you can do that the easiest. Uh, some positives about Kim uh, limits his strikeouts, does enough to take walks. So he's a very, he has a very wonderful approach, but it's, it results in uh, it results in a pretty good at batting average because he does make a lot of contact, uh, but the uh, power numbers, the ops, the wobas, the, all that uh, is, are kind of underwhelming even for a shortstop. So I get excited when I see Kim available. Oh, Kim's available, and then you look at the numbers like, oh, it's kind of underwhelming. So, but yeah, if you're looking for stolen bases and batting average in a traditional five by five, I think you could do a lot worse than Hassan Kim. Uh, this it's the 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 cover's kind of barren for middle infielders at this point of the season, Sean. So yeah, 
Uh, I think oh, uh, you, it, 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 you might think it is. And that will segue perfectly into the guy who I want to talk about the most on this list. And that is Michael Massey down at the bottom 20% yeah, owned. Yeah. Um, he has taken the starting second baseman, second baseman's job since Whit Merrifield was traded. And I believe we've talked about Massey a few times in the last couple of weeks. Last week for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just a guy. He's, he's awesome. He's, he's hitting. Um, and actually he had his first career home run against Tampa this week. Mm-hmm. And I shared it on Twitter and it reminded me so much of Daniel Murphy. And I'm like, <laughs> slow your if, rolls, if, if this one, it's like, you, you see, he's hitting the ball a little bit harder than Murph ever did, but like the, the lowish walk rate, the pretty low strikeout rate, and he's hitting the ball, you know, 91 average EV, um, 15.7 barrel percentage, 299 expected BA, uh, expected slugging over 575. Like, he's been pretty unlucky this year in terms of that, but um, hitting fastballs, hitting off speed. Uh, slight issue is he has yet to get a hit off a breaking ball. We'll see where that goes, if that's just a fluky small sample size thing or not. But um, he spreads the ball all over the field. He's not pull heavy. He likes to go up the middle. Um, He doesn't hit too many ground balls. He hits a good amount of line drives. It just it's very reminiscent of Murph. Yeah, it's an exciting player. Uh, Still learning the ropes. He's just a rookie, even though he's on the other on the older side at 24 years old. I mean, relatively speaking, of course, he, he, but you know he's obviously seasoned uh, in the minors from yeah. from being in the minors I should say. But unlike him, he does have a more aggressive approach and he doesn't make as much contact. But you're right, the 15.7 barrel rate is promising. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, he makes enough contact where he's not uh, where he can keep his strikeout somewhat in check. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a player where it kind of opened my eyes last week. I'm like, oh wow, so we've been kind of sleeping on this guy, and uh, we even complimented the Royals for doing something. Correct for once. <laughs> Let's go back to the pitchers. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about Jose Suarez. Speaking of the Angels, Jose Suarez, Angels, and this is this guy's pretty uh, new to the rotation, so to speak. I know he wasn't there at the beginning, right? I don't remember. I don't remember us talking about Jose Suarez at all back in March or even April. But so I assume he's pretty new. You can go ahead and correct me on that one. But the uh, strikeouts are above 20%, which at this point of the season, you get your strikeouts from your pitchers any way you can. <laughs> and again, these are since July 10th. Uh, statistics. Uh, walk right is pretty decent. The, the whip is really good. ERA is decent. Uh, all the peripheral ERAs are are adequate enough. Induces a lot of swings. Contact rates are kept in check. Uh, doesn't give up a lot of hard hits. And I don't know. I, everything seems to be uh, pointing to a guy that you can trust. Do you trust him, though? Uh, I mean, he's your typical lefty. Just kind of going out there and getting out. It's a boring profile. It's not really one that is very much fantasy relevant. But like, if at this point in the season, if he's available and you're dealing with injuries or something like that, then yeah, like you'd go out and get this guy. Yeah, because otherwise, uh, if you can't trust major league pitchers to bolster your rotation at this point of the season from the waiver wire, it might be time for us to do a a, a prospect show next week, then Sean, about what. Triple A, double A pitchers, can you trust them for the rest of the season? So I think we're getting to that point where we might have to start digging through um, the minor leagues to get that pitching help that we need. All right. So that's Jose Suarez. Who else did you want to speak about? Talk about. We, we can do a uh, Ashcraft. 
or as you have them on the list, Ashcroft. I know. I, I corrected on my <laughs> list. I don't know why. So Graham Ashcraft. Ash. A, a guy that was on one of our prospect shows last year, I believe. I believe like so, it, yeah. It was like towards the end of uh, the 2021 season. I don't know but, about you, man, but I get excited every time I see a name. Hey, we, uh, I, you know that Leonardo DiCaprio meme? Like every time I see a, a prospect, we you and I have talked about on this show. I oh, the, whole... the, the point. <laughs> hey, it, it's that guy. We talked about him last yeah. uh, time. Anyway, so Graham Ashcraft of the Reds. Go yeah, ahead. Graham. Uh, he was a guy who really wasn't much on my radar until um, last summer. The wife and I went to Chattanooga, and we went to a Lookouts game. That's the Reds Double A affiliate. It's in yeah. the Southern League, and the only real reason that I really wanted to go to this game. I didn't even stay for the whole game because it was so hot. It's on top of like this miniature mountain type deal. Um, but Graham Ashcraft was the starting pitcher. I got a Joey Votto bobblehead, Chattanooga Lookouts bobblehead. That was the main reason we went. Mm. And Graham Ashcraft was out on the mound and was just pumping 99 like it was nothing. Yeah. And it was like just 99, 98, 99 as a starter. And you're like, you don't see this in most starters in the minor leagues. Like in the bullpen, sure. Like uh, most teams have a couple of guys that can hit 99, but it was like every single pitch. And what I couldn't tell then was, and a lot of the scouting reports was, oh, it's a sinker, it's a sinker, and he has a slider, sinker, slider, and he sometimes throws a cutter. But the cutter is his most thrown pitch this year, 51% of the time, and it's averaging 97.2. Now, he doesn't have the strikeouts this year. The strikeouts have lagged behind. It's been more of a pitch-to-contact profile. 93 innings, 64 strikeouts. Um, Doesn't get a whole lot of extension, so I guess that fastball, maybe the velocity plays down on it with the the lack of extension uh, towards the plate. But he avoids the barrel. Uh, He's showing the ability to pitch to contact, which is like, a good thing. I, I think that's a good thing. You can always develop, I feel like, a swing and miss ability if you can initially learn how to live in the zone rather than show the ability to get swings and misses and then try and learn how to pitch to contact. I think it's easier the first way than that way. But um, it's kind of like Emmanuel Classe as a starter mm. um, with the, the super fast cutter. He just needs to work on the breaking ball, get a couple more whiffs, probably a pitch mix uh, change, throw the sinker a little bit more, the cutter a little bit less. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting profile, high, high ground ball rate. And if you're going to pitch in Cincinnati, I I feel like that's a huge thing to have 55%, a sub 20% fly ball rate this year there. You can definitely tell they're uncomfortable at bats for hitters when he's on the mound. It's just getting him to get a little bit more swings and misses that um, is, I think he's so close. I, I think he's one or two tweaks away and he could be, you know, I don't want to say Corbin Burns, but you know what mm. Corbin Burns has done with his cutter. I mean, it's pretty uh, amazing. Yeah, I remember Cubs fans were telling me, Felipe, you're stupid. Why Why are you hyping up Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, especially Corbin Burns? I mean, he's just the bullpen arm who the Brewers are desperate to put him in the rotation. Don't don't believe the hype, Felipe. He's a nobody. Okay, he's a nobody. And then two years later, he's a Sun Young candidate every single goddamn year. So. Um, Andrew O'Sullivan, um, friend of the show, member of Baseball Life, in that 30-team league, he acquired Corbin Burns after his five ERA season in which he was kind of split between, oh, I see that pinky up while you sip your cup, how fancy and elegant. But anyway, yes. It's about balance, man. About balance. <laughs> he acquired Corbin Burns, I believe, in the offseason after he had the, the split rotation bullpen year, ERA over five. And it was, I think, Mickey Moniak and a pick for Corbin Burns straight up. And it wasn't like a first-round pick. It was like a third-round pick. And... um. 
that was how he got Corbin Burns the year before he uh, absolutely broke out. It's awesome for, trade. for it's Mickey freaking Moniac. Yeah, failed number one pick overall. Yep, for the Angels now. So, so yeah, uh, the Angels uh, tired of ruining pitchers. They want now want to finish off the jobs <laughs> for these uh, highly touted hitting prospects. Um, oh, so yeah, Ashcraft. The only thing I don't like is I think you mentioned it already that not enough strikeouts, but sounds like sounds like he's on his way. Uh, he's every time I see him, like I want to pick him up. I'm like, man, I wish I wish he could show me something more in terms of strikeouts, but maybe and it's funny that I mentioned the the Corbin Burns thing because I I just now uh, saw this. According to Baseball Savant, similar pitchers to Graham Ashcraft based on velocity and movement. The number one he's closest to, Corbin Burns. Mm. And then numbers two and three are Brad Keller, Andre Palante, and four is Antonio Senzatella. So do with that what you will. <laughs> no. no, you lost me there, man. You lost me there. You lost me there. Uh, let's, I mean, let's go with someone else here. Uh, another pitcher. What, what about the one right underneath him? Because I, I think we have to talk about him as a person that shouldn't be on your team. I know oh. these are guys that we think that maybe should be on teams, but uh, you say his name. I'm sorry. I already sorted mine on my end. So oh, I, oh, yeah. uh, okay. So it's going to be, <laughs> I was trying to do a play on words there. I said, you say his name. Oh my God. Um, that's how I sorted it. But yeah. With, yeah. You say I, Kikuchi. I was, say, I, was about to, <laughs> I was about to mention him. I go, well, Sean, I say Kikuchi, but you say Kikuchi. Yeah. So that was my attempt on play on words there. But you say is uh, no longer in the Blue Jays rotation. Um, Ross Stripling added in. You say is out. Um, uh, well, I just so, heard the uh, rates and barrels podcast speak glowingly about him. Like he's a, you know, was talking about how maybe he could be, maybe he could be that fireball left-hander and the rotation when the playoffs come, maybe that's what the blue Jays need. Someone with a very high velocity <laughs> fastball. You never know, but he doesn't even throw that hard. I mean, it's like 94, 95, like I mean, for a lefty, maybe it's hard. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure that out. That's why I put him in the list is maybe you can make sense of what he's trying to say there. Yeah. He's um, out of the rotation. Now Ross Stripling took his spot. Uh, the forcing this year has averaged 94.9 uh, slightly down from last year. And it's so funny because when he first came up, we all said, Oh, he has good stuff. He's just not throwing hard enough. Uh, first year in the league, he averaged, you know, 92 and a half miles an hour on his fastball. Um, but now he has the velocity and he's somehow gotten worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just, it, it's so hittable. I mean, he is a hittable guy. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with him. It's, I don't know. He, he's in the bullpen now. So I, I don't think he should really be relevant on any fantasy teams right now. You think he'll flourish in the bullpen? I and mean, it seems like he has that pro. Maybe that's what Eno you know, Sarris was talking about, that, that he's going to be in the bullpen. I honestly thought he was talking about him being in the rotation, but maybe that's what he's talking about, that out of the bullpen, now he becomes a weapon that the Blue Jays can use. Like, And I think that there's a chance that happens, but mm-hmm. I don't know how fantasy relevant it's going to be because I don't think it's going to be – it's not going to be high-leverage situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think Bass, Garcia, and Romano have – you know, the, the high end left and even like Trevor, uh, 
Trevor Richards, Richards. Yeah. yeah, has kind of been filling that long long man role. Oh, yeah. the fall from grace he had, Trevor Richards. Yeah, well, I know he, he was he got hurt pretty bad. I forgot what he, it was, but he was supposed to be the the three headed monsters coming up in Miami with Pablo Lopez. Uh, yeah, oh, he was my way, favorite because he had the best changeup. He had a way, really good changeup. Pablo Lopez just got dropped in my league and I wanted to get him, but he's been struggling lately. That's another guy we should be talking about. Why is Pablo Lopez sucking so much? I have no clue. I I think, I think he got like maybe overworked at the beginning of the year because he was going deep early. I mean, because he was doing well, but it was like, they rode him pretty heavy early in the year. Yeah. Well, they ride Sandy Alcantara pretty heavy and he just gets better, but well, he's built like a tank. So he's built like a tank and Lopez who, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look, yeah, he's a little guy, but he has like a, you know, he, I feel like he has a lot of uh, uh, pitches in his arsenal. So you could... I feel like he's just like not like built up like strength wise. Like yeah. it's like he seems flimsy. Yeah. Like well, we've seen pitches succeed in, with that frame before, and those guys usually ca- come with a better. When we talked about it, the little guys usually come with a better command of the pitches, better what? control. He does have good control from last yeah. I checked. So how tall is Pablo Lopez? I'm gonna guess six one and 180 pounds. That's what I'm guessing. He's six foot four. <laughs> so what? yeah. So, uh, uh, so he's just wiry. He's lanky. He's a tall, lanky guy. Is that what it is? Like he just seems like loosey goosey. Like how much does he weigh? Um, reported two twenty five on baseball spot. Damn, really? He looks so scrawny. Maybe yeah. he gained the weight. I don't know. By the way, speaking of the Marlins, Braxton Garrett on the DL. Yep. 15 day His DL. season's over, likely. It's a, it's an oblique. So oh, okay. by the time <laughs> you get him to come back, uh, he has to probably have like two rehab starts. Yeah, his season's done. I just traded him away recently, too. It's like, oops. Guess I won that trade. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I forgot who it was, but yeah. Let's see. This is. this is. Yeah, I, tra- I traded Yandy Diaz in my 30 team league. It's a uh, changing oh, the no. guard. It's very sad, but oh, I got no. Brian Rocchio back and 30 minutes after I traded Yandi, he got pulled from the game mid game. He had like tweaked his knee or something, but he's already back. But I was like, oh, my God, what are the odds if I finally trade like this guy? And he, now he's like torn his ACL 30 minutes later. <laughs> I would have felt so bad, but I would have been like, yes, <laughs> let's go back to the hitters here, Sean, really quick. Uh, another uh, high contact guy for the Angels. Not David Fletcher, uh, but Luis Renjifo. Luis Renjifo. Uh, um, every time I ignore that guy, I don't really care much for Luis Renjifo. I don't see him did, on my list, but I, I know I know who he is. So, but, but he just continues to show up every time. He, he shows up like this is a guy you must add. It's the guy who's been doing well. And let's see what he's been doing since July 10th. Guy doesn't take any walks, but he does. Another guy who controls the strike zone very well. High batting average. Uh, he's been doing very good he has an ops of 819 with for a guy like him i've never would have expected that uh very aggressive swinger makes plenty of contact uh the called strikes per whiffs are is pretty damn low as well um it's not like he's driving the ball with authority though exit velocity of 87 miles an hour though 87.8 miles an hour to be exact but other than that i mean is there is there hope i mean he's only 25 years old is this someone that we should be taking more seriously i I think he's a guy who's a better baseball player than he is a fantasy baseball player. Okay. Um, and of course, you know, Rangifo was uh, part of that failed deal, part of the Jack, Jack yeah, Peterson, right? Yeah, the, the Jock Peterson deal. Yeah. He was, I think Rangifo was supposed to go to the Dodgers mm-hmm. and Jock was going to go. And then uh, somebody from the Twins was going to go to the 
Angel. I, I, that was such a confusing trade. Yeah, now it's getting more convoluted than it should be. But yeah, but uh, yeah, Rangifo, it didn't work. I just re- remember Rangifo being part of it. Yeah, um, that's his claim of fame. But yeah, right definitely, there. definitely a better real life guy. The switch hitter that can play multiple positions. Um, managers love to have that on the bench, um, and they don't strike out, so you can put them up in a big situation, and you know it, there's a good chance the ball's going to at least be put in play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But fantasy-wise, like you said, not a whole lot of power. Uh, Never really shown a whole lot of power. Just like you said, good strike zone command. Um, Might give you a couple of... like I I could see him having a season where he bats like 315, like an outlier year. But um, And that would be, depending on how much he plays, that'd be a useful fantasy player. But right now with the the role he's in, not really. Another guy I wanted to talk about, uh, Jake McCarthy. This is a guy, I don't know if... um if we talked about him exactly on this podcast before, but I know that when I did, when I do the uh, minor league filters for AAA, his name always shows up. Guy controls the strike zone. Very good plate discipline. Very good approach. Actually not good discipline because he swings at 53.7%. At least since July 10th, he has, but he doesn't strike out a lot is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Can hit for high batting average, steals a lot of bases, has eight stolen bases since July 10th, leads uh, the list of 27 players we got here for hitters. Uh, in stolen bases, he has eight. That's the most on this list, um, and has hit for a little bit of pop, but only a 791 ops, Sean, and that's what is really preventing me from getting him. Um, and I know with the Diamondbacks, uh, Jake McCarthy plays for the Diamondbacks. Yes, uh, they're loaded at the outfield, uh, yeah. so, so so that's another strike against him. No pun intended there, <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. I 24 years old, but he's not one of those uh, big name prospects that the Diamondbacks have at the outfield. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance he could stick around just by uh, his know-how, his knowledge of the game there? I mean, at best, like Jake McCarthy's a fourth outfielder on a on a good team. Mm. Uh, but the team that he's on now, not a good team, but has so much talent in the outfield that he might not even be a fourth outfielder there. Uh, this could be a guy that's non-tendered and goes to a contending team. I just don't think he's going to get the playing time needed to. I know a lot of people spent a lot of fab budget on him earlier in like June, July, um, when he was showing that he wasn't going to strike out a third of the time like he did last year when he was called up. Um, because in 2021, a lot of people liked his numbers in 2021. He had 29 steals, uh, 15 home runs, uh, but the strikeouts were up, but as were the walks, it was a weird little situation he found himself in. But this year, um, He's leveled off offensively. You know, he's a, a solid player, 273, 30 on base, a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, okay enough defense. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think he is – like, he'd have to be on a bad team to get enough playing time to kind of be relevant. Like, Pitt, Pittsburgh. Like, if he went to Pittsburgh, he oh. I think he'd be a good fantasy player. No, but, if he goes to Pittsburgh, that, that's where you die, man. You die. <laughs> you die every time you go to Pittsburgh. Actually, he's 25 years old. He just turned 25. Uh, I, I get it. I understand because that's the thing that's preventing me from getting him is that, man, he he, he profiles like a fourth outfielder. But then I see him and I see the numbers. I'm like, man, I really want to I really want to like this guy. I really want to pick him up on my team. I really want to root for him. And and he could be a, a major league starter. But yeah, right now he's in a platoon situation. But he's been he's been playing a majority of the games for the Diamondbacks in the last week at least. Yeah. But he, he's right now in a platoon situation with guys like Jordan Luplo and Stone Garrett. And Stone Garrett is everybody's favorite player of the week this week. It, as a, he's gotten some headlines as well. But I don't know. I think McCarthy. Former first round pick, albeit is from, but if anything, he is going to be on the strong side of those platoons. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that I mean, that's a good thing. That's why he's been starting a majority of the games. But yeah, the one time he didn't start this week, it was Wednesday against a left-handed pitcher. I forget. I don't know who it was, but it was against a left-handed pitcher. So he sat. But McCarthy, uh, the only thing that's preventing me from diving in uh, blindly with him is that, like you said, not enough power. I got to see that power. I got to see that ops be at least over 800 before I can consider it. But this, you're looking for stolen I mean, bases, this I mean, stealing you, bases. You have to also think kind of the depressed nature of offense in baseball this year. His 740, 750 OPS this year is 8% above league average. Um, so it's kind no, of... For sure, and I understand that. On this list of 26 players, though, he's ranked 16th in WOBA. And, and albeit... A 122 WRC plus, but that puts him on this list. Middle that's like uh, middle of the pack, right? 14th on this list of 26 players, so uh, it's still on the low side, and and that's what I look at. I understand that there's a depression going on in offense and baseball, but he's not really standing out either. Like he's not like another guy that we could what? be talking about is uh, Jake Fraley, who has a ops of over 1,000 since he came back. And again, the stats I'm looking at are from July 10th, since July 10th. Yeah, I, I do like Fraley in Cincinnati. I think that is a, for them, they they trade, you know, Naquin and they replace him with Fraley, who's kind of just like a younger and is he? I, I can't believe he's a few years younger. 27 but, years old. Yeah, 27. Oh. I think Naquin's 29. Um, I thought he was 30. Uh, he could be. I, I just feel like Naquin, in my mind, him and Bradley Zimmer are like, always 24 years old like they just they just made it's the bigs together they're gonna be so good but um uh, um, among all of those guys on our list here um how many of them have the stolen base upside of mccarthy though like i said he leads that's i just said yeah if you're looking for stolen bases this is the guy to get but just be mindful that you're probably gonna struggle with the power numbers and the platoon situation going on with the diamondbacks because they are loaded in the outfield so to me (sighs) I, I do have him in one of my leagues at the very least, but there's these two other leagues that I'm in and I just, I can't go for it. I I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit um, tepid. Is that the right word? Tepid about. Yeah. I, I haven't added him anywhere, but I, I know a lot of people have, but you talk about the stolen bases. Yeah. The other, other guy on this list is five Sam Haggerty. And I don't know if he's going to be starting every day because the Mariners also have a lot of outfielders that they need to play unless he plays other positions. Uh, Hassan Kim is another guy. Another, it's another guy, right? You're sacrificing power to get the speed, and uh, at least he's at least he's going to be playing every day. So, so yeah, it's, the stolen bases are a rarity, but is it worth it to me personally? Because for some people, oh, he got to say stolen bases, I got to go pick him up. But even in CVS leagues, what's his ownership rate? I just saw it right now. His ownership rate at CVS is fifteen percent. Fifteen percent for McCarthy. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 even for stolen base, even as a stolen base guy, he's not people aren't diving in on him either. But we'll see. I'm, I continue to monitor him because I do like him. I, I I have hope for him. I do think he could be more than just a fourth outfielder on a winning team or on a, on a bad team. So be the case right now. But uh, yeah, he needs to show me a little bit more, just a little bit more. Can you give me some pop? Can you give me some doubles, please? Anything. I'll even accept triples at this point. <laughs> I'll even accept triples. I uh, I will humble myself and take a triple if if you really that's all you can give me. All right. Are we done with Jake Fraley too as well? Get- yeah, yeah. I, I I was just thinking that Jake Fraley. You mentioned his numbers since coming back also coincided with when they traded Tyler Naquin as okay. well. All right, all right. I'm just double checking. Uh, uh, is there a starting pitcher you want to talk about? Um. 
No, I think the one because other names that are on this list: Cutter Crawford, <clears throat> Dylan Bundy. <laughs> uh, like they're all just kind of boring to me. Dane Dunning. I'm surprised the ownership was that low at 22. percent But I, I really do, am interested in this list of hitters here that you okay. have. Um, What's next? So next, I wanted to do. Oh, where did he go? I just had him. Oscar Gonzalez. Oh, no. Because this is a guy that normally I would hate, but it's one of those Cleveland's finally bought into it. Oh, no. And it seems to work. Oh, that's the problem, is that it seems to work. And it's just, to me, it's fool's gold. But you, uh, you, you think, but it's he's how many going back to 2015 and rookie ball, he, his style hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> and he just puts up the same numbers. And it kind of ticks me off because I'm in your camp. This guy shouldn't be a good player. But Listen, here we are. I've been fooled before. I'm not getting fooled again, okay? Who? No, that, no I meant the who. That's what I'm oh. quoting. But uh, Oscar Gonzalez, 2.9% uh, walk rate since July 10th. This guy does not know how to take a pitch. So he'd be- Hey, it's 3.5% it's on the year. All right, so it's actually gone down since July 10th. Okay, so he'd be great. Oh, three point five is high. You said two point nine since July 10th. So it's actually gone down. It's down in that. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're you're doing full season. I do the 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 short sample size. That's how it works, Sean. No, but (laughs) I I was gonna say he'd be great for the White Sox because he fit right in, and he couples that with a 22 percent strikeout rate, which. I don't know, man. That, that just doesn't look good to me. It looks awful. And he, as I, okay, so Felipe, you just don't get baseball, okay? He, he, he's sacrificing the walk because he's going to be hitting more for power. Okay, since July 10th, he only has one home run. He, but that's the thing is he's not a home run hitter. I mean, okay, he did so, He did have 31 home runs in 2021 between AA and AAA. And uh-huh, he's at, uh-huh. he has 12 this year between the majors and AAA. Okay, so he's a double sitter then. He has to be because he's he's posting he, some he, he very has tw- extreme high numbers. He has twenty doubles and one hundred and ninety eight plate appearances at the major league level. Uh, I'm sorry, how many? One ninety eight for uh, and twenty. So, uh, hundred one hundred and ninety eight plate appearances, twenty doubles. Okay, so what was that about to be? That's uh... with three home runs, and I think he has a triple. No, he has no triple. He has two triples. On, um, but I don't one know. Nine. Like I said, like this is a guy that shouldn't work, but it does. No, it shouldn't work. You're right. It shouldn't work. He, but it he, does. He's gotten exposed before. He's gone into major slumps before. And now he's back on the uh, on the peak of things again. And it's only a matter of okay. time before he goes back Okay, down if you look at the, the so-called slumps. Oh, they were brutal. I've had them before. In, in 2019, I'm, I'm just looking back into this time of the minors. They are all always right when he jumped up a level. And then he started the next year at that level and dominated it. It happens with a lot of minor leaguers. I don't think I'm this is a guy I'm tentative to like, and I really shouldn't, but I want shares of him. I'm gonna pass. Uh, here's the other problem that I have with him. Uh, very uh, hyper aggressive. There's aggressiveness and then there's hyper aggressiveness. 55.3% outside the strike zone swing percentage, overall swing percentage at 65.8. I mean, this is he doesn't he doesn't take a pitch, he's never seen a pitch he never liked. He, he's basically Tinder man. He, he goes and just I'm gonna swipe on everything and see who I'm gonna I'm gonna message all these girls. I'm gonna see which one answers back. I have a one in one hundred chance of getting something here. Uh, contact rate. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna be swinging that much, you better have a decent contact rate. <laughs> but, but it's not even that like worldly. It's not like he's not even pushing any percent since July 10th. And of course, a 15.8 swinging strike percentage, which is pretty darn high. 
all what to get a 45.1 hard hit rate and 9.8 barrel rate so is that i mean a 45 percent hard hit rate isn't terrible it, it's it's all right it's pretty good i mean that's be- that is pretty good <laughs> how good is that let me see hard hit rate let's, let's see that that would be put him in oh, okay so he's fifth i don't like the approach though i can't do it <laughs> i can't do it can't do it can't do it can't win with it I, yeah, I, I've I'm, done it before. I don't want to go through that again. It's just too much of a roller coaster for me. Uh, there's okay. So here's the hard hit percentage of all people with 190 plate appearances. Um, you said he was at. Were you using Fangraphs or the Statcast one? The uh, hard hit. I'm using whatever they imported from Statcast. Okay, so I think he's like at 44. Um, I'm just trying to see who kind of that puts him around in terms of the the hard hit. Um, Okay, so yeah, he is at a 44.2%. That has him tied with Mookie Betts among all hitters with at least 190. They're at uh, 72 and 73. It's slightly ahead of guys like Brian Anderson, William Contreras, uh, Trey Turner, Max Muncy. I don't know. Like, I'm telling you, like, I kind of like it, and I hate the approach. Uh, You know I'm not that type of player uh, proponent, but... Hey, when somebody shows they've made it work over multiple levels over multiple years, I tend to believe them. <laughs> nah, I'm not gonna do it. I can't do it. <laughs> been there, done that. I'm not getting fooled again. I don't care. Like he needs to show me something else, man. He just, I don't know. It's just not not working. I don't want to do it. Sorry. I don't, I don't uh, I'm, I'm, do it. Uh, good morning to Austin, who actually did wake up early enough to do this. And I forgot to mention at the top of the show that he now has his own podcast. He was a th- the third member of the show. Now he has his own uh, kind of a piggyback to this one. It's a shorter version of, uh, of this long show that we're going with, which I think we got one more player in us before we call it a morning. Um, but yeah, uh, Austin now will be hosting the Total Basis Express podcast. So thank you for that as he carries a torch. Uh, on the weekday show and uh, we do the weekend show here, the longer version of that, of the show. As so uh, we have a lot of, of ground to cover usually. And uh, uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm glad uh, Austin's a good kid. And apparently what we're, we're selling spam here. What? No. What, are we selling meat substitutes? Is that what I, we're I like spam and eggs. Spam. And, yeah, man. I mean, the Hawaiians can't be wrong. It's just our shitty zoom. <laughs> and, and for those that will be listening to this, uh, not live audio only, whatever. Uh, we are just reading some of our comments here in the group of uh, some of our lovely members here in Baseball Life who I guess don't like being asked to participate or just being made aware that they can participate because that's what really makes this show fun, especially I mean, the, the the live version of it, is getting to see everybody's comments. I mean, you could uh, be a jerk. The good and the bad. I mean, you could be a jerk or you can be like some of these other folks like yeah. Chris. He was he won he was very enthusiastic and we answered as many questions as he as he hammered out to us. He brought us some really good points that you and I would not have thought about uh had he not been there. Instead of being a jerk about it, he actually uh contributed to this. I mean this yeah. is supposed to be everybody's podcast. I mean Sean and I are hosting it, but yeah, this is supposed to be everybody's podcast. To That's talk the baseball. whole reason we have it live. It's I mean the whole how- reason why these yeah. were created. Yeah. <laughs> we want you to interact we want you to. And of course, if you don't listen to us live and you want to still interact, uh, our oh Twitter, God. our Twitter handles and everything will be in the video description, the, the podcast description, wherever you get your podcast. So feel free to follow us there and interact with us there as well. 
oh my god this guy he's, he's on his high horse like oh, i did not agree to this like shut oh. up dude <laughs> keep scrolling okay we'll just leave him be for now uh, i think he's gotten the attention he deserves yeah, congratulations instead of talking baseball with us interacting about baseball you obviously have time you obviously have time but yeah. you're supposed to be negative be a negative nancy about it congratulations guy Hey, you're neg- you, hey, you were being a negative dance about Oscar Gonzalez. Well, for good reason. I mean, the sixty-five point eight percent swinging rate. Uh, how how bad is that? I mean, because I know that a lot of these guys they they get productive just because they just swing at so many pitches. Eventually, something has to come in, right? You, you ain't. You, yeah, of course, it's the highest on this list. Of course, it is. Also on the list is Osvaldo Cabrera at sixty percent, and Stone Garrett, who everybody loves. And anyway. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that anymore. Uh, one more guy. Do we have time for one more? I think I think we got time for one more. All right, let's go with the pitchers. I want to talk about a pitcher, Austin Voth. Oh, okay. So uh, I I said we're gonna go to somebody new, but on the at least of all players for the 190 plate appearances, Oscar Gonzalez is fifth in swing percentage. You know who's third? Uh, hold on. Has, is it is it a big name? Luis Frobear. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, of and course. I don't like Luis Robert, so this is funny. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Oscar Gonzalez is not Luis Robert. Uh, they have similar plate approaches, and they clearly have may, a bat speed. Yeah, they, they they have very similar contact rates. Luis Robert just gets pitched way less in the zone. Yeah, because yeah. Robert is someone that you should be fearful of, and Gonzalez is just the guy that you could toy around with and. Yeah, you can get him on to first base, but he's not going to do much of any other damage. Well, it get, gets, gets a double every 10, uh, nine at-bats. No, congratulations. You're a doubles machine guy, and that's all you're ever going to be because you just hack at every pitch. You, you might as well give him a machete because that's how much he hacks <laughs> at the plate. Okay. Okay, pick your boring pitcher, and let's wrap it up. <laughs> I want to talk about AJ Puke. Uh, okay, is- I, okay not, not very boring, but also not a starting pitcher. Or actually, no, well, he is a relief pitcher. Yeah, never pitcher. mind. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I clicked on the wrong thing. I was like, why is he calling him a starting pitcher? He used to be one, though. Uh, AJ Puke is what happens when you take a lot of spam, apparently, and then you become cranky this in the mornings for yep. no reason. And instead of being, you know, talk about baseball, guys. It's a baseball group. It's a baseball show. You don't like it, quote, scroll to the other. But it's, it's those guys who just come in and complain about the one socio-political post. Like, oh, well, it's making news. We got to post it. Ah, you liberals. And it's the same guy. It's the same type of person. Ah, this podcast is all spam. Listen, man, a hundred thousand Hawaiians can't be wrong. Okay. Spam is good. Spam. Yeah. Well, that spam is good. This isn't spam. This is part of the show. This is part of the community that we're building up here on this baseball group. That's why this baseball group is the best baseball group in all of Facebook. There's been people we that we've have met up with each other and guess what i am not meeting this willing guy anytime soon because i already know that i cannot i will not be able to stand him when i get to meet him <laughs> in person but anyway aj puke uh former highly touted prosper of the oakland athletics uh, very highly touted very highly it's a damn shame uh multiple arm injuries i think kind of derailed his uh his progress right is that what it was oh uh, remember the the glory days where we envisioned aj puke jesus lazardo oh, yeah. uh who, who they had a couple other top pitching prospects as well but uh um, yeah, cotton, cotton. So no, Jarrell yeah, Jer- Cotton was a little before them, I think, though. Oh, was he? I thought they were yeah. about the same. But yeah, they they had. That's why you got to trust your prospects, right? That's why you don't trade them because that way they, they when they fail for you, you you, you turn them into bullpen arms, right? Yeah. Although with Luzardo, they gave up on him. Yeah. Oh, I thought, what, trading five years of Jesus Luzardo for two months of Starling Marte. I, I have. I have no clue what they were thinking. They were trying, man. They were trying. They wanted to go for that uh, playoff spot. Anyway, 
damn if you do, damn if you do, if you're Oakland, you're either a cheap team or when you do try, you're a dumb team. So anyway, AJ Puke, uh, seven holds since July 10th. That's the second on this list behind Andres Munoz. Uh, 31% strikeout rate, which is really good. Walk walk rate is a little bit on the high side, but still good enough for a, a pretty damn low whip. ERA is also minuscule along with this ERA peripherals. There's a lot to like here. It induces a lot of swing. So if Oscar Gonzalez ever gets to face him, Oscar Gonzalez will look foolish. And he'll still <laughs> probably hit a ball to right field or something. Yeah, it'll or be a, ga- a, a gapper, a double in the gap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just rolls on forever in the cavernous Oakland Coliseum and for he's there for the double. Um, let's see. What else does he have? Yeah, uh, low contact rates. Swinging high swinging strike percentage, high call plus strike. There's a lot to like here, is what I'm trying to say. Mid nine, oh, actually, not even midnight. We're, we're talking about 97 mile per hour fastball at this point on average, and no one can get a, a, a solid clean hit against this guy at this point. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot to like here. Is there any negatives that you can speak about this guy? I mean, just the fact that he's no longer a starter is sad. Um, yeah, but sad. uh, in, in a relief role, if he can really take over the closers role and be like fantasy relevant. That'd be cool. But, um, cause I think they're still doing like a committee, uh, closer wise. Oh yeah. It's Zach Jackson, Danny Jimenez, uh, who was the closer for most of the beginning of the year. Um, puke's gotten two holds this week. Um, Danny Jimenez has gotten a win. Uh, obviously Oakland's not going to be in a chance for, um, too many saves that being there but uh yeah it's it's just a shame that he's already you know he's 27 i feel like he should be way younger but he's already in the bullpen and his starting days are likely over uh well you know but he's still in the major leagues though sean that's the most important thing and he's found a niche with the oakland athletics so once they trade him uh because that's what they do they trade all their best players and once they trade him away they'll get some mid-level prospects back in return, oh, I don't know, like Christian Pache, Shay Langoliers, who's already up. Shay Langoliers, graduate, graduate from our podcast shows, uh, our prospect shows, already up in the major league level, and he's not doing very well so far. So you can't trust those catchers, man. And I think that is a good place to stop. I think so. All this talk about spam is making me hungry. Uh, me too. Me too. Negative Nancys are driving me crazy out there. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a baseball show and a baseball group, and we're not allowed to talk baseball because it's spam. I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> but anyway, uh, any last words from you, Sean? Uh, I hope I have. They're not last words because I'd, I'd really like to go get lunch. Yeah, I want to get lunch too. My wife made eggs. They're probably Ooh. cold at this point. They're probably cold at this point. So I got to make my own eggs at this point. And you just got to throw them and uh, let Chef Mike uh, get them ready again. Well, we went to the we went to the grocery store last night, and the eggs were cage free. Oh, so we're moving on up on the, in this role, Sean. <laughs> Apparently, inflation is so bad at the grocery store that now cage-free eggs are cheaper than whatever highly processed eggs that are supposed to be cheaper by the dozen. And <laughs> so, supposedly, so now we're allegedly, gonna, allegedly, not 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 with these inflation prices. Th- thanks Biden. Thanks Russia. Thanks World Economics. Hey, um, be sure everyone check out Food Life since we're going to talk about c- cage-free eggs or farm pasteurized eggs. We're going to have a debate in food life about that later. Yeah. And I'm going to market a spam. There you go. Spam meat substitutes. Oh, you ever have spam with white rice? You see, I'm less of a spam. My wife loves spam. I okay. am more of a pork roll person, but I can't even get pork roll down here because that's such a New Jersey, Pennsylvania thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, man, I, I, 
Filipino friend. Again, it's a Pacific guy. It yeah. has to be oh, a Pacific yeah, for guy. sure. My Filipino friend, uh, he uh, introduced that to me. Uh, like, spam. What, spam. What am I, poor? No, it's not that bad. No, no, it, it is good. It's just uh, like it and pork roll are very similar. It's just yeah, kind of the, the thickness and the how you I'm get used you, to it. So. You add some white rice, some Asian white rice, sticky rice or whatever they call it. The jasmine rice. Oh, my God. It's divine. <laughs> it, it's, 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 uh, it's really the food for the masses. And, and, but anyway, uh, I don't want to piss off people, the, the sensitive people that are listening still that are, are getting tagged. They're, they're going to say spam is spam. We're, we're literally spamming them right now. Okay. I mean, by talking about spam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is an admin sanctioned you know, activity that's going on here. It was started during the pandemic. Everybody agreed to it. Uh, I mean, it's not in our rules, but yeah, everybody was all for it when the pandemic was going. Not, 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 nobody had anything better to do at that time because we were all uh, shut in for obvious I reasons. was literally up here playing OOTP for people. <laughs> you got to, no, let's see. Can't be using acronyms, man. These these are the same people who are afraid out of, of out of the park baseball. I was out here playing simulation baseball with people telling me what to do. Yeah, I mean, and it's just kind of stuck. Now it's a regular thing, and you know we're not bothering anybody. We're not. I'm sorry that you're you're sensitive about these things. You're a little bit of a snowflake yourself, guys. But come on, it's baseball. It's supposed to be a baseball thing. There's the no crying. To... There's no crying in baseball. There's no baseball crime here. You know it's. <laughs> It's supposed to be the greatest sport of all time, greatest sport ever that was created, and people want to complain about spam. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> We're not talking about outsiders. We're not talking about people who are just flooding their work in our group because we stopped that a long time ago. Yeah. You know, is that yeah, we did that. Otherwise, people would be blogging all the time and not participating. We just ask for participation. This is a, a community building participation thing going on. So take your spam comments, shove them up your ass. <laughs> Anyway, that's Sean. I am Felipe. Those are my last words. And I'm pretty sure William's going to knock on my door. Right. So ah, I would like yeah. to see you say to my face. I would. <laughs> I would. But I don't. I'd rather talk baseball with you than put you in your place like I am right now. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Felipe, you're playing with fire. I, I, I root for the Chicago fire. Go soccer. Yeah, Go soccer. That is Sean. I am Felipe. We will see you guys next week. And we will tag everyone again. So suck on that. <laughs> talk to you guys soon adios guys be sure to check out all the other life group podcasts basketball life just came back for a show so be sure to yeah be and we have another one coming up i believe on wednesday so be sure to head over to the other life groups you got football life football season coming up basketball life so uh we'd love to carry on the conversation with you guys over there as well about the orange stripes yeah yeah, that that one's coming up this week yeah uh, i don't think it's tonight i'm not sure if it's tonight it might be wednesday again i don't know but is it on (laughs) baseball life Yes, it is on Baseball Life. Are you going to tag everyone? Uh, somebody will. You guys better um, get used to it. I mean, um, better get used to it. 8,000 people can't be wrong, all right? Yep. And then, of course, Austin, our guy, once again, I got to say it, Total Base Express the following night. I think he's going to go Thursday nights, and uh, he'll do a miniature version of this show, and he will probably uh, – uh, he told me what he wanted to talk about next Thursday, and I already forgot. Roster like, construction or something? Roster construction, yes. Yeah. So if you're wondering why your team is so bad and so awful and why you're mad and get sensitive about a, a, about a fantasy baseball podcast uh, in a Facebook group, Go listen to that show. It might be more up your alley yes, and, and might give you some insight on why your team is so awful. So there you go. Again, signing off. Last time, me, Felipe, that, Sean. We'll see you guys next time. Adios.